2: Hello everyone, welcome to the Men Weekly Podcast. I'm Steve Hoy here to bring you the best clips from the previous week's worth of content over on Redmen+. For those who don't know, Redmen is our subscription service. You can sign up at redmenplus.com, get all these shows that you're about to listen to in full in both video and in podcast forms as well. If you're on Spotify and you don't fancy signing up through the website, if you go to Spotify and just search for Redmen Plus Podcast, you can sign up there directly. Don't get access to the videos, But you do get access to all the podcasts directly into your Spotify feed. But if you want the videos and you want to win another app that isn't Spotify, redmenplus.com is the place to go. Right then, let's start off. Bonus episode this week, of course, you've got two final word shows, given the fact that the Reds have played twice, obviously. So yeah, let's start off with the final word show from Wolverhampton Wanderers. Yeah, Liverpool going behind against Wolves, but coming back to beat them. I was delighted to be joined by Steve Plunk and Ross Chanley, two absolute legends of the Redmen TV Hall of Fame, so yeah. Check out what Steve and Ross had to say about Liverpool's win over Wolves. Cody Gakpo scores, and then like he's off. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 we've we we had conversations in the past, like Klopp's ruthlessness or lack there, of that times, things something that's been labelled that, not like Steve mentioned before, lack of ruthlessness slash stubbornness. Like I they, I picked this team; they'll get it right eventually. Even though two of those lads are involved in the goal, in Jotson and Gakpo, they're off. He goes Nunez and Harvey Elliott, like. We saw in the week a little bit. He mentioned about the conversation he had with Jordan Henderson. He was like, yeah, I want you to stay, but you're not going to play as much. Like It it, it does feel like maybe we've we've, under, we've we've overplayed the whole lack of ruthlessness because there's another example, really. It's like, I don't care if you've scored and you've had a well, a pre-assist or whatever you want to call it, you're getting off because I think it's better for the team. Because a lot of managers, they would go to Nuno, yeah, put your bid back on. Or go to Elliot, put your bid back yeah. on. But he was like, nah, I'm not particularly pleased with what I've seen there. These lads are coming on.
3: Well, I think it's that, but I think he's also got to manage... Their minutes because again we're yeah. playing Thursday then Sunday and then we're on a bit of a run of games now before more international football. Um, but also he's got to manage like the personalities. It's like he's you know forget he's, he's a, not a manager of just like the minutes. He's a manager of like keeping people happy at the same time as well. I'm sure Nunes is like would love to start that game. You know he's been to you know international duty but good run of form. I, I think I can start. I think I can make an impact. And he comes on. I think it's a real testament to Klopp to have so many changes and so many people come in well and out the door at the same time. To keep everybody happy, sounds like you probably we probably pre-organized do an hour, but you're gonna you might, you might start on Thursday or you're gonna start on Sunday against West Ham. It's about managing all those minutes and he's getting the best out of everyone and juggling all these players' happiness and goals.
2: Then fine, I suppose as well. Steve, we, we've had this conversation plenty of times, and this isn't a criticism of anyone or, or like downplaying his impact because Klopp did have a major impact for the, for a lot this season. He's he's been impacting games from the bench. Um, it helps have better players on your bench. I know yeah. that's it. Might sound really easy to say, but like. Yeah. It's easy to bring Darwin, it's easy to get a tune out of Darwin Nunez, Lewis Diaz, and Harvey Elliott than it is, if you know, for example, with all due respect, bringing on Ben Doak at the end of last season or Chamberlain and, or, or Oxley Chamberlain, yeah, Chamberlain yeah. that would be Cade. It, it, Of course, it, it's going to be, and that isn't a disrespect to Ben Doak, by the way, he's a young kid, he's got a yeah. bright future. Edmund, but you get, you get my point, it's Lewis Diaz, it's Darwin Nunez. It, that just shows, right? I thought Liverpool in uh, 21 22 when we kept winning games off the bench. Well, it wasn't a surprise. We were bringing Lewis Diaz on, we were bringing these lads on. Bobby Firmino was getting off the bench and stuff.
4: doesn't half help when you've got a good squad that you can make these changes. Yeah, 100%. And, and I think the reverse fixture last time when we played them and we got our ass handed to us big time by them, didn't we? We're looking for a spark and the board goes up and, and no disrespect to him, because he's a consummate pro, we love him, but James is not your guy to go to for- When you're 2-0 down. When, when you're 2-0 down, you're down yeah. and you're looking for something, someone to make a difference. You're bringing these lads on. Harvey Elliott has, has obviously accepted it. The tender age he is that his game time is going to be a bit limited because he's seen all these lads come in, they're all brilliant, they're all really tight grip unit, you know, they're all you can see when he celebrate goals how much it means to them all. Comes on and he's absolutely superb and he's been doing that all season. And you know, again we talk about Endo accepting his role in the squad area on or rather I did. I think Elliot has to recognise that will be I think he plays in in Europe more than he does in the Premier League for me. Um, and that might be why he didn't start or he didn't play longer in that game. But, but he, when he comes on, he's effective straight away, and he's a you know brilliant forward-thinking player, and that's what you want. And you go back to the point before when you when you go to these old guys, older guys, thirty-two, five hundred games under your belt, and the legs have gone completely. Yeah. I think Sobersley made ten times the amount of dual winners that Enderson had at the same point this season. was saw sort of stat uh, over the weekend? Credit to them for what they've done, but you do have to look at what comes next. You do have to move on. We're just a different team. now. The energy in the team is ridiculous. And and, and the camaraderie is growing game by game. Look at the passion in them when they celebrate goals. So, yeah, it's nice to look at the bench and go, right, Okay, so I can afford to bring uh, Darwin on, I can bring... I can bring Diaz on and I can bring Elliott on they're three of your most four. on? It, it, it's, it's, it's nice it's nice to see it and you, you now think when you need something you look at the bench and think okay we can do this
3: imagine the the mental impact on Wolves as well it's literally like Roy Hodgson gift that you still have like (laughs) you know Gatpo's going off oh fuck Nunes! I've (laughs) been been the
4: manager and sometimes we get the hand you dealt more so what I did than he did and you're looking for something in the game you turn around and look at your bench and you think nah it's not coming off there so if we get beat 4-0 they don't have to be involved in the bollocking you know what I mean so that makes a big difference but now he's looking at the bench thinking this is great this because I can bring these guys on Harvey Elliott's absolutely mustard at the minute he's in great form he's really really pivotal to forward thinking football which is I said in the end of the season stuff when we did the pod that I felt Liverpool would play on the front foot for most of the season this year and that's what we're doing with the substitutions we're making they're all attack minded substitutions uh, I love to see it and I'm here for it 100% What did you make of the, we'll talk about the, the goals shortly Ross but like between the
2: I think it's like half an hour between the equaliser and the winner like it felt like Liverpool were in con- pretty much in control of that game. There was a couple of half chances even here in there for Wolves on the counter a little bit, but not too much. It did feel like the, the Reds were tearing the screw. It felt like a little bit of like Liverpool of old. It was almost a case of like what you said there will be a chance here. Can you convert it? to another question. But again, it- even though it took half an hour, what were your thoughts on that performance in the second half?
5: Well, in
3: comparison to the first half, yeah? Well, yeah, 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 it, yeah. It, was, it was night and day, wasn't it? And I think that's where like the mentality of of the fan comes in, of thinking like things are going to be okay, like, you, like you've just alluded to there, of like the options that you've got it's different when you you're not relying on just one person to be that spark and be that difference there's like six lads at the front there you think well i've actually funny enough, it wasn't not at the front it was a left back but like you know you're backing people to to kind of go forward and 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 produce something um you know you need a bit of luck you need determination you need that that mentality and that attitude to go and do it now but the first half was night and day but i think it's night and day to performances we've seen last season which we've all said which is a major difference now you know, we'll have players that have been on an international duty would have we'll in the same situ- situation as us. But once we start taking possession, control of the football, that's where we start to tire them out, and they start to feel frustrated, and they can't get hold of the ball like they were doing to us in the first half. But again, you know, I joked about it. But imagine thinking that you know you got it to one one, or it's at one one, you do you're doing all right, just dig your heels, dig your heels in, and we're making the substitutions that that we are doing it's mentally destroying as well as physically.
2: Yeah, well definitely physically for them because we saw a couple of their better players they have to go off So I thought I thought he had a good debut for Wolves in the field he, he had to go off I don't know he goes off with a little Sutton as well Cuny
3: comes off as well doesn't he? We Cuny comes off
2: well he, he, he was on the naughty step of thing after, after, <laughs> after this he was, he was pretty dreadful but you, you, it did look like Liverpool had worn Wolves down a bit and with all due respect it's obvious like We've got at that point. If your wolves is 16th option, you're probably not that good compared to Liverpool's 14, 15, 16th option. It just, it just felt like we were tearing the screen. We were moving, and we, you know, a couple of lads going down, cramped. Craig Dawson had a really good game at the back, but he looked knackered. Uh, it, it felt
4: it felt like it was coming. I thought. Yeah, it felt inevitable, didn't it? You know, you said before it's a bit early to be thinking about the vibe that we had when we won the title. But but is it because we've got that same kind of team spirit at the moment? We go go down to Wolves and last season you'd be thinking I can't see a way back into this. We sat here and talked about that week after week, didn't we? Now you're thinking okay, we've got options, we've got better players, we've got difference in the way we're playing we're playing more front f- football. I'm, I'm confident we can get this back. I didn't panic maybe if Kanye scores a header it's a different feeling but he didn't uh, and we, we, we grow into the game and we turn the screw and we start creating angles and we start doing it a little bit more and the four up top are pulling them all over the place you made a really good point there about Salah starts to get a little bit more freedom just just a different dynamic, a different test for them and it's like it keeps coming like when they were turning up and we brought Milner on last year it's like okay that's fine he's going to sit midfield, he can't hurt us looking at who's coming off the bench now, you're thinking, I play in international duty this week, I'm goosed and they're bringing these lads on, they're going to yes. run me all game. Yes. So it's, it's nice, nice to have, it. and I said before, you know, previous times, we've got five, we've got probably the best five forwards, I'd say in European football, in terms of a group, mm-hmm. stand, the standard and the quality of them, it's finding out where the partnerships are to make the changes at certain times, to make it effective on the day, there's definitely a the relationship between Salah and Diaz, uh, sorry Salah and Darwin and there's definitely a relationship between Elliot and Salah so bringing those two on at the same time creating that little triangle on the right hand side pays dividends doesn't it Before we, we got to the goal uh, this is where Kwanzaa goes off just before it Ross um, thrown in
2: a little bit Listen, Newcastle away wasn't easy for him. don't get me wrong but it was a cameo at the end wasn't it a little bit if he mattered was fatigued comes on against Aston Villa when you know the game's over everyone's in their flip flops starts away at Wolves the team are shite for the first half Let's just, we've kind we of put it there um, again, we'll, we'll, who knows what Gerald Kwanzaa said this do that. He might play ten games Liverpool, he might play hundred games Liverpool, thousand who, who knows, whatever it's gonna be. Like as as full debuts go, it's it's probably about as good as you're gonna get from a young centre half really. It's hard to ask for too much more from him.
3: No, I don't think he was uh he was at fault for the, the first goal certainly. I think he does really well. I think he actually does enough to put um Cunier off for, yeah. for for the header in the first place. So you know, I know he misses the ball but, you know, he's are still making an impact, you're still being effective, so fair play to him. You know, I, I think it's almost a testament that he almost went under the radar, for, you know. Best in the first half, but it wasn't like at no point was a panicking about that. It never even crossed my mind during the game about you know we got a young kid at centre back. It was everything else that was off. But like again, it just plays into that whole thing of like there's there's people around him that can support him, can help him. We've got the energy levels to be able to do that. Second half performance obviously helps a lot. I don't think he's got as much to do, but I think the fact that I suppose if Jurgen Klopp picks you, Jurgen Klopp backs you, you're gonna have confidence in your ability. What you're gonna do. Um, but he seems really calm composed on the ball and that will have huge benefits for him that game like I'd be frustrated about conceding the goal but I said it wasn't his fault but to turn around say you come on scathe away to Wolves in your debut for Liverpool fair play to him
2: it's the composure that I like steam more than mm. anything else he it, it, it takes up really good positions there's a counter-attack that he just gets his head on there's a couple of times where he, he, he reads the game really well like again he's been at Liverpool since he was seven he's, he's being part of the Jürgen Klopp team for a, not that long really, when I was on loan, but he's been brought through like in the Klopp manner because that's what the academy is. It's, it's, yeah. it's right from top to bottom. It looks like for the first time, they're people are bring him through a centre-half who's been developed in this model. You know what I mean? Like, he's, like I say, Klopp's been here now, what, eight years? So Gerald Kwanzaa was like 12 yeah. when the academy, when it all happened and it was like, right, we're all, we, here's what we want from our centre-backs. Our centre-backs need to be able to do this. They need to be quick, strong, blah, blah, blah. And it's almost like he's the first one of those that are coming through, with all due respect to Sepp Vandenberg, Billy Comettio, Nat Phillips, Reese Williams. It didn't, it, there was all different things about them that didn't make them fit what a Jürgen Klopp centre-back looks like. Gerald Kwanzaa looks like a Jürgen Klopp centre-back, really.
4: He does. A couple of really good challenges on the stretch as well, and it was like last-ditch type of things, uh, which we see a lot from Canate and at times from Virgil. I think Ross's point that you kind of forgot he was there. Big, big show of confidence to put him in because Canate he could have played, but he didn't choose to play him. He chose to give him an extra hour's rest and, or, you know, and then and then put the lad in. So, if you're looking for a vote of confidence to make you feel even better about yourself, there it is, slotted in there. Absolutely, I'd say seamless. You know, it, not like you made the point not to worry about things like Reese Williams had his limitations. Nat Phillips was a phase one ball winner and nothing else really. Um, this kid will be fine and it might save us 30, 40 million quid in the next couple of years, which you know we can can invest elsewhere in the squad. Thanks to Steve and thanks to Ross for coming
2: in for that one. Right, next up is the Biased Football Podcast. You've got Paul, you've got Chris, you've got Chloe and you've got Dan Club talking about other things that aren't Liverpool-related. One of the very few shows where we do look at the wider context of the football landscape. So yeah, here's Paul and the guys on this week's Biased Football Podcast.
6: Biting in the boss. I like Milner as well, going back to Old and picking up Lolana. Lallana um, so some nice little touches in there. But yeah, biting the chaff proper size. United are miles off it yet again Casemiro looked like running treacle all afternoon Ends up getting dragged then that Hannibal comes on and celebrates that like they've just won the game <laughs> Yeah, um, his goal, which was hilarious <laughs> was kind of so, yeah, remember when he came on against us by the way they were all buzzing off him because he just kicked everyone for <laughs> 20 minutes <laughs> yeah, he, he,
7: that, was, yeah. he was that I remember when he came on and going this is going to be that performance where to get the young lads, at least they'll run round and get stuck yeah. in a bit. Like that's when you know you are fucked. When young players come on and they can and they snap people, and that's your positive from the game. That's when you know how far you've fallen. The rubbish, Chloe. They're, yeah. they're, they're a mess from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. There's not an element of Manchester United Football Club that isn't in crisis at the moment. Um, and it's great. And just like just just let's do Casemiro. Chris and I were discussing this this morning. He's just fell off a cliff. Shock. Like, I, I, he had a really good season last season. Fairly looked like a really canny purchase, but I said at the time. really canny purchase for 50 million No, yeah, for, <laughs> it was, Yeah, I mean, it was stupid money for a guy who Real Madrid. Real Madrid don't let go no. lads who've got loads of time left on the clock who are at, at that level. And now they've now put all their eggs in a 30-odd-year-old defensive midfielder who's got a bazillion miles on the clock um, and who's won everything in the game and has no real, nothing left to prove and he's having a crap season I mean they're defending him because they will it's in Goldbridge going to bat for him when he's happy he'll happily slaughter Harry Maguire but he won't slaughter Casemiro mm. um, again I just can't help but just think it's all
4: hilarious
8: yeah it's it's brilliant where they are I mean Casemiro looks like Fabinho of last season yes. yeah. um, and Fabinho it. played <laughs> <laughs>
7: but much faster. Yeah, but that's, more that's circular itself, yes
8: <laughs> um, and Fabinho played like four years back to back to back to back mm. no games because he was your number one DM and like you mentioned there he was part of one of the greatest midfields uh, in, in European football in Cruz and Modric at Real Madrid there is no way that unless Real Madrid were th- thought he was on the decline and 50 mil was absolutely outrageous for the 30 year old why, why would they sell him otherwise because they've still got the other two still hanging. And around there, um, moderate, you know, Saudi League wants them. There's been quite a few who wants them, but they still offer them uh, a year contract here and there. They didn't do that with Casemiro. they let him go as soon as. Um, so, yeah, it, it's really funny. And uh, you know what was shocking was I actually don't think they started the game that bad. I thought they actually got themselves about. They had a couple of chances. I think that's sorry, it. Chloe.
7: I've go just on. googled it 70
6: million they paid for
7: him. <gasps>
8: I thought he was 30. That's literally that insanity. Outrageous.
6: He was 30 at the time. Yeah. Yeah. My Christ. <laughs> that is. I've
8: got a season out of him.
6: I've got season out of
8: him. One season out of him. Yeah. For, for, I we just started cool. right off
6: with a bad pile last uh, summer. No. Yeah. <laughs> I've lost.
5: Yeah.
8: Um, Moving on to them there was a hole. I, th- I thought they didn't do well at the start. They kind of, I think Rashford has a really good chance where like he scuffs it it's a really slow ball. But once the and Brighton found them out and um, they change the tactics Manchester United were chasing shadows. They've got Bruno Fernandes, how is he your captain? That lad Stinks just him, lets yeah. people run off him here, there and everywhere. The, the ball for João Pedro, I think it is, who scores, which Onana has had an absolute mare for, by the way. Any other goalkeeper in the league just palms that away. Um, Bruno Fernandes, just season, just, yeah, yeah, like, come on, lads, yeah, you just come on the edge of the box it doesn't track back none of them track back They from top to bottom and Eric Ten Hag can come out and say Sancho needs to apologise to me or this or that because I, I've been told I need to set the standards here because Manchester United don't have any look at Rashford not chasing people back your standard your captain doesn't chase anyone he's back. not
9: even passing to the centre forward you've just signed okay. how many times was Hoyland on, on there for a pass and Rashford just going down you've a got, blind alley
8: you've got too many too many lads who think they're it the big I am and not enough team players they've brought in Serge Regulon because Luke Shaw has a nightmare and has got injured Regulon couldn't even make a back four for space never and like, you're Manchester United you've got Annie Maguire there who's just being absolutely ripped apart and there's going to be no protection for that lads you've brought 50 million in for O'Nana who can't save literally booked <laughs> hands over in goal just let everything you go can't in can't
6: save just
8: um, let Johnny Evans. Uh, the, mention Johnny Evans Johnny Evans Johnny Evans How is he Ends up back there Wamba Basaka I thought he was dead A year ago Wait wait He's injured now
7: isn't He's out Yeah I know, Well, that's, that's the the breaking news Before we, we went live On this one He's now off for seven weeks For the housing <laughs> injury So they've got <laughs> They've got be two full backs They've got regular And Dalot As their full backs Basically
8: And don't forget yeah.
9: Like Lisandro Fucking spends more time oh God, Lying on, on the floor heart. Than fucking yeah. anything, so doing anything him. else At the moment The butcher you know, the, I was thinking Are you sure That's like, not like just the angle No I'm sure Yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just a follower. Um One of the problems that I think Dave got right is we were talking about this before. Like I, I, I and I, we've spoken about this on this show a couple of times. Is I still can't tell what Ten Hag is. Oh, yeah. I don't know their style of play. What I do know is. I think they've got a real old school manager, you know, whip the cane type of a fucking guy. And I don't think that works in football anymore. I think the players are paid too much money. They want to be treated as equals. Mm -hmm. They want you to talk to them. They want you to trust in them. And they've got this guy in to manage the club like Sir Alex Ferguson, manage the football club. And he's not Sir Alex Ferguson, and it's not the era of Sir Alex Ferguson. So they've got this fucking huge, bald problem that is Eric Ten Hag. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
7: He's just got. He's just. But I have a a degree of sympathy as much as as me, a born and bred Scouser, Liverpool fan, can have any degree of sympathy for anything associated with Manchester United Football Club. Is that he? And anyone else, he comes in and he gets a run at it. But it's like. This is a disciplinarian thing. He's got no choice because he, he's got to tackle this stuff because mm. he can't let it slide because Ronaldo, the Ronaldo thing is kind of like foisted upon him. He's got to make it. And I, I said this at the time, he let that run too long. He should have walked in the club and said, right, you're out for minute one, but they never. They let Ronaldo ultimately have the power with that and he managed to just come off with some reasonably positive PR out the back of it, but it ultimately it left them... In January, with Bout as the as the mm. as the centre force. why didn't you know?
9: he choose
6: him? Yeah, he would <laughs>
9: before. He got too with
6: Madonna's, haven't
7: I? Because talk? because he'd let, he, this comes around in the in the January, gets negotiated. It, it's stupid. And now he's got the Sancho thing, and he's handling that bad because he's having to firefight It's a bit like um, Raffer under the hicks and Gillette. You, you you've got too much other stuff going on. You're not actually getting to coach your players because you you're firefighting. You've got you've got a crisis manager at every single turn mm. don't get me wrong, again, I think that's amazingly hilarious but I, it's impossible to tell whether he's a good manager or not he, is he a good man manager it doesn't look like it, I don't know You know, are the players all pulling for him, can you see he's got a great relationship with anyone, I'm not sure, I don't watch enough of them to be able to say that but when you're publicly slating lads who've quite publicly also stated that they're having mental health issues, that's mm. not a great look Let's let's be perfectly honest. He was getting kind of pushed down a road with the Mason Greenwood stuff as well for you know for a little for a little spell of that. And again there's a, there's just a
9: huge weight of expectation on that football doesn't, club. Does like signing players that you've worked with before that, that's that's a funny thing that because obviously you Randall might think the fucking brilliant but then you might just go well I'm trying to set a, a tempo in this club or a, a way of doing things I should say in this football club and I know they're going to do it but that's a weird thing like you didn't actually fucking win much no. you know no. what I mean you, they, they weren't like setting the world alight and all this yeah. type of stuff you've gone and back
7: and the cock who's not lying the squads with Celtic uh, players no exactly is he like, uh, yeah.
9: exactly this is Manchester United they're supposed to be competing for the Premier League, and you've got lads who haven't done it in Italy, who haven't done it everywhere else, and you think they're going to suddenly gel? And also, it's going to create a division in the squad as well of mm, his guys my boys. and not his guys. Yeah. And yeah. that's not the way to build a football well, club either. It's, it's my th- yeah,
7: well, like Jurgen Klopp quite famously like doesn't like working with lads that he's worked with already because you want fresh messaging and you want new approaches and all that kind of stuff. And it's. It's a bit. I feel it's just a bit. Oh, and it, they, they spent ludicrous money on these players as well. By the way, I mean, what did they pay for Anthony? Anyone? Eighteen million.
6: wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But sure. the due diligence on him signing just is just non-existent. And but he is very. No, 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 did leave
9: for free under him? Yeah,
6: he... he did. Yeah,
9: And then okay. yeah. and then he, he
6: bought him back for fifty. Yeah, okay. he's okay. terrible keeper. I said this from day one. He shacked. He is culpable. Holy
7: oh, shit! Sorry, how much
8: did he pay for Anthony? eighty
6: million Eighty, I think. Eighty-two million pounds, yeah. and initial initially worth. Yeah. That's rising based on success,
8: so it's still eighty
6: two million pounds. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he made the worst decisions he made for me, and I'll I'll take this to my grave, is Fernandez as captain the worst yeah. captain of a football club that's ever existed don't as make much, your best player your captain yeah, his, his attitude that. stinks yeah. absolutely yeah. stinks why do you want him as your captain you want your captain to be a stage, as much as people sort of deride Jordan Henderson's abilities as a footballer as captain he was absolutely yeah. perfect like 100% because that's what you want your captain to be not Bruno Fernandes he's the opposite of what you want a captain to be like I just don't understand it but again glorious to see I
8: can imagine him in, in, in training just not giving a shit because he doesn't want to get injured or he doesn't want to over- again Ex- exuberates himself and it's just a case of why is that You, you, you captain. your captain your captain's supposed to set standards yep. Casemiro's the one who probably would set standards last season he's won it all can understand that you don't give Bruno Fernandes oh. your captaincy <laughs>
9: No, well, he came setting out standards at their lunch table. It came out last right, week, didn't it?
7: it? Was <laughs> one of the one of the it was the assistant manager at the time whose name escapes me at The moment Terry is it was a feeling Mike feeling Mike feeling, and, and he was yeah. speaking about the Ronaldo stuff and saying how like he set standards, but then he got just really annoyed when people weren't matching up to his standards, and and that as much as it was a good example in some regards, it then ended up having a downward negative spiral yeah. and all that and that's the problem Bruno Fernandes has had his nose put out of joints he's the main man you get someone else in to be the main man and now it's no clear you're the main man again but you're left with this Ronaldo imprint of what the main man looks like mm. and that is not pressing and running around and getting stuck in and doing all the- and that was meant to be one of his real People were telling me, like, that's what Fernandez is. He's a guy who gets stuck in and he's thought oh, he is high energy and he is tight. And loads of people say he would be perfect for a clock midfield because he, he does do all the pressing and stuff. He just looks, he's he like,
9: he's a the personality hands. test. Yeah, no. The no, things,
6: no. That's the difference. The minute things aren't going his way, he's done. Toys out the pram. Done. We've seen it firsthand 7 0. Yeah, <laughs> we've seen it firsthand. We've seen him just throwing the towel. And admittedly, it was an absolute mauling. Hmm. But at the same time, if you're supposed to be the captain of that football club, you're the last one that leaves that pitch. You leave everything out there to make sure you try and pull some and he didn't just walk off. They say that's me. That all the best. Made a point of getting the seven nil. Don't
8: tell also, the old safety
6: by the way. Good for you. Like yeah,
7: it. yeah. Had to be done.
8: Also, 10 Hard just comes across like a massive asshole to me. <laughs> like, uh,
9: exactly. Genuine. Bald. Like shaved. That arsehole. amongst other
8: things. But like. The, the other day when he was moaning about an offside and I'm like no no lads if you can moan about grey areas is he in which one, a 50-50 yeah. a red card is not let's use not a camera lines. that's not
7: part of the VAR system yes. to determine whether it was offside or not Yeah,
8: he? he just he comes across like a massive knobhead and absolutely everything I see him do Um and I, I genuinely <laughs> at this point don't think he's that good of a manager he's definitely not a good man manager Um and he needs people and fans to buy into things he's not not doing that Old Trafford was booing him Taking off Highland He came out and he said The lad's not up to fitness Which I can understand He's being injured That I can understand But like You're sat in Old Trafford And that crowd's booing you Booing you Like I'd, if, if that was me I'd turn around and say Lads What 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 do you think You are doing Get behind the lads I've had to do it because This this and this If you want us to succeed Yeah We need you all what, to buy into it
7: What are Manchester United What are the United fans Getting behind what are they buying into with Eric Ten Hag? This goes back to Chris's point. What 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 what's going to happen? What what what's going to get better? What's it going to look like? What are they on the road to? And this is said. It smells so much like that. Solskjaer must have been in charge, wasn't he? The COVID season, yeah. And they finished second, mm-hmm. and and then Real Ferdinand's coming out in the summer, going, oh United mm-hmm. finished above Liverpool, Liverpool's the miles better. Nah, Liverpool. A, a, a series of things that conspired against them, and they were fucked and they fell below their standards as a result. United didn't beat Liverpool, Liverpool beat Liverpool, and, that's, and I think this is happening again. Mm. Is like a, They were in a false position last season in a huge way. They were nowhere near good enough to secure that, you know, they were good enough that season to secure that space. But you play, you replay that season ten times, and United get nowhere near the top mm-hmm. four. Because again, it comes back to it: they're in a tricky, a tricky patch now. They've got no money to spend, they've, and the money they have spent, they've spent over the odds again. Eighty-two million pounds on Anthony, seventy million pounds on Casemiro, fifty million pounds on a goalkeeper who does nothing to improve the overall level of what of, of where they're at. They spent, what eighty on a centre forward Mm -hmm. who doesn't score goals, hasn't scored Mm -hmm. goals at a good level in his career prior to that. And when you you shit it to the fan, you can always go, Fred. Fred, (laughs) He's gone. You can always go, all right, I know what we're trying to do here. I hope to God for their sake, the Man United fans have got that to cling on to that they can go it's all right because i know that what we what we're trying to we're going to we're trying to be a possession side or we're trying to be a counter attacking side or we're going to be a gag-impressing side or whatever i just don't think they do no it's not obvious what type of football team they are other than an absolute mess um
8: sorry um uh- on Brighton Brighton were brilliant but also did anyone see the absolute dummy from Adam Lallana for a World yeah, goal because yeah. that is just a piece of brilliance does. that yeah. does. outrageous do yeah. well, you he gets a shout
7: there or that's like worked on the, no, I the training I think that's just out. him
8: I think that, yeah, he, he was that. so skillful. like oh, his, his brain was just so so far ahead of everyone else on a football pitch was it I the, adored the him.
9: Pascal Grosch goal that that was like I don't know how many passes it was. They went yeah, like, uh, yeah, it, was yeah. it was scary good. That like the, really the, good. the full thing. Like how many times they went forwards, went back, went forwards, went back across and then and then and then I think the commentator on I think it was Match of the Day got in gross profits and I was like, Oh mate, what a way to finish a move. Gross profits. Oh, well done, God. sir. Do
5: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
6: Helps, absolutely outstanding yeah. Good good good
7: Man United still not been bought. Um, loads of injuries Fallen's out Left right and centre What are in
9: the league Is it 13th or
7: Statement FC,
5: statement oh, FC yeah. no God. Um I will
7: tell you right now Exactly where they are In the league um, It's not a great look For them uh, We've got a couple of other bits to talk about, but I think it's actually an interesting point. Man United are 13th. And where are Chelsea? They have six points. Chelsea are 14th and have five points. So ten, c- how many goals have they conceded? This is it 10? 10. Man United have conceded 10 goals. In how many games? In five, <laughs> five games. <laughs>
5: so
9: good. How many have they scored? Six. Wow.
1: Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcast? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com/newsadfree. That's amazon.com/newsadfree to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.
0: A lot can happen in the next 3 years, like a chatbot maybe your new best friend, but what won't change? Needing health insurance.
2: Thanks to Paul and the guys for that one. Right next up, it's Jerno Insight with Neil Jones. Yes, this week it was Dan Club in the host's chair. Neil came in, as he often does every single week, to give the inside view from the press box about all things Liverpool Football Club. And this week they had a big old chat about Trent Alexander-Arnold and the reports that he is in talks about signing a new contract at Liverpool Football Club. So, yeah, So Check this out.
6: Trent Alexander-Arnold contract talks. Now, there's an interesting one. I think I mentioned this to you quite a long time ago. Mm. Um, there's reports come out that he's close to an agreement over a new Liverpool contract. He's got less than two years left on his current deal. There's speculation about Madrid in Barcelona being interested, but that's no huge surprise to anyone, let's be honest. But it's interesting to me because I mentioned two years left there. So there's a likelihood that Liverpool are going to want to tie him down anyway. Yeah. And then when you factor in the fact he's obviously so, <laughs> so important to Liverpool as a footballer, he's now also vice-captain. This makes
10: all the sense in the world, doesn't it, to get yeah. a new deal? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't be, you know, it's not sort of too strange a point to make that the vice-captaincy, I, I imagine, <laughs> factors into to the, the the contract negotiations, you know, that... It's a sign of how much he's rated and how important he is to the team, and there's, it's a clear succession plan, isn't it? You know, with Virgil, the age that he is. So, yeah, I don't, I don't anticipate any problem. I mean, I think it's, it will be interesting to know what sort of impact the Saudi Arabia thing has on where clubs pitch big contract renewals. You know, with 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 key players in the prime. You know, do do you sort of how do you? How do you frame it as a great deal when they know that he can earn yeah. so much money elsewhere? But I don't. I don't anticipate any problems with with Trent and his renewal. You know, he's listen. We've we've seen players go back on their words in the past, but Trent's sort of entire career has been built around the idea. I want to be Liverpool's main man. I want to captain this cl- club. I want to be win everything. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's the symbol really of this Liverpool rise under Jürgen Klopp is not one of one of them in particular. Um. So, yeah, we'll see. I, I, you don't want to be letting it go too much longer. I think I wouldn't be at all surprised if, you know, within the next month or two, we're talking about Trent's new five year contract or, you know, long term contract, should we say? Yeah, he's coming into the prime now, isn't he, as well, in terms of age as well. I mentioned
6: obviously his, his importance to the side, his importance to Young Klopp's plans, his extra responsibility being vice captain. But I wondered whether. Obviously, we know Alisson triggered a new clause in his deal to sort of get a pay rise. We know Mohamed Salah is what he's on. Well, Trent, not necessarily he's going to go there sort of begging for the same amount of money as what they're on, but he's likely to use that as a
10: yardstick, you would imagine, yeah. because that's what agents and footballers do, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And he, I mean, he... He's very well paid, I'm, I'm I'm certain of that. And he knows how important he is to the team. There's no there's no disguise in it. You know, he's he's not just an old school sort of vice-captain with all due respect I mean James Milner was very important but James Milner's sort of value to Liverpool as vice-captain was was off the field more mm. you know as much as on the field Trent, Trent is not just the vice-captain he's, he's the, the hub of the team really isn't he or one of the hubs creatively so responsibility he has on the pitch as well is, is huge so yeah there'll be no there's no chance Liverpool are going to undervalue him you know we've seen a few players haven't we in the, in the, the last few months mason mount i think is an example of mm-hmm. someone who could come through and don't think anyone ever thought he was going to be leaving chelsea and you start seeing it oh he he feels like they're sort of they're not treating him right or they're not giving him the right kind of wages i don't think liverpool will make that mistake with trent because he is he's one of those players that like you say you if he leaves liverpool it's it's only to the top it's mm-hmm. only it's only to, to Real Madrid to you know I can't ever imagine he'd go to Manchester City. But it's only to the, the yeah. sort of the elite level. He's not he's not someone who you can say to him, Well, you know, go on and you want to take your chances elsewhere. It's only downhill. It's not. For someone like Trent, you know, he's 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 world class mm-hmm. and of that bracket. So yeah, it would be it would be madness if Liverpool were to sort of leave any gaps there in terms of, you know, how much he's appreciated or what they're willing to pay him or mm. you know what, what role they're willing to give him you know they've already shown it; they're willing to, to build so much of their current team and the future teams around them yeah absolutely and as you mentioned the, the Miller one he was a very good
6: vice-captain for Liverpool because whenever he did yeah, take the Band he was brilliant and he was so good around the dressing room we've seen him sort of go to academy matches and all that he was a role model wasn't he led by example but he was never the heir apparent to
10: Jordan Henderson because you're all going to start wherever Trent Trent's more like a you know Stephen Gerrard type figure yeah. isn't he You know at Liverpool where I mean I, I don't agree with it but a lot of people Jordan his time as captain. So, well, actually, Carragher is more of the captain of Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Steven Gerrard is more of the symbol of Liverpool. But Trent's Trent like that, isn't he? Trent, Trent, sort of, you know, he's he's your boy, isn't he? He's not, he's not, he's not your sort of. You're in, in there to shout at people and to sort of, you know, to to to. Overtly be that captain figure. He, he's an example player and, and someone who sets standards, you know, through his, his the quality of his play. Obviously, he's got the the symbolism of being a local lad and a, you know an inspiration to you know future generations yeah. as as a captain. So yeah, he's very much in that Gerard territory. And I don't think Steven Gerrard was ever um, <laughs> was ever let down in terms of his his wages that he was being offered. I know I know he had a little bit of a a, a wobble mm-hmm. at one point, but I think that was resolve pretty quickly yeah Liverpool are going to want to avoid anything of that sort I, oh, don't yeah. know I mean with this, you know we, we I mentioned
6: there sort of off the cuff and in passing that Real Madrid and Barcelona have shown an interest and you mentioned Man City but this is what we're talking about here we're talking about a player who if, if there's even a sniff of him becoming available those sort of clubs yeah. will be all over we had it with Levi Colwell to a lesser extent yeah. we thought there might be a chance of getting Colwell out of Chelsea so we were all kind of sniffing around it if Trent ever ever showed any signs of a wobble there'd be Real Madrid banging down the door
10: yeah I, I, I mean Barcelona, I would question, given
6: their, 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 their <laughs> yeah their their yeah.
10: financial issues, that they might have to do a little bit more digging before they can uh, they can start targeting players like that. But yeah, you're right. Like you know, it's sort of it's one of them, isn't it? Real Madrid's interested in Trent Alexander Arnold. I know, yeah, So yeah, so so is every club in the world. You know, yeah. it's a bit like that, isn't it? But yeah, absolutely. He look, he we know he belongs at the top level. He does, and mm. I, I suppose the other thing it it does bring about a little bit of a pressure of getting back into the Champions League from, yeah. from a Liverpool perspective, you know, for, for players like him. You know, if, if you were getting to two, three years out of the Champions League, it does become that issue then, you know, a bit like Arsenal, you know, the Arsenal found themselves in, in, the, in the back end of the Wenger era and then mm-hmm. beyond where players that they would have built their their whole sort of world around they couldn't because they, they they wanted to go and play at that level so Trent's definitely in that in that category that you know yeah his phone his phone wouldn't start ringing if he was um, if he was ever thinking about leaving liverpool and thankfully i don't think he uh, i don't think that's going to be an issue anytime the, soon no normally I mean, like so get it wrapped up nice and swiftly
6: and um,
2: please liverpool get him tied down that would be fine by all of us Thanks to Dan and thanks to Neil for that one. Right then, let's move on. I mentioned before, final word, Joe. There was a second one this week, of course, because Liverpool went over to Austria and they went and beat Lask three-one again, coming from a goal down this time around. I was in the host chair again. I was joined by Dom Clark from the from the Road Then podcast and by the absolute legend that is Mr. John Machin for this one. Check it out, John. I'll start with you first. Um, Eleven changes. It is a lot, obviously. It's literally the most you can make. Now, some of that was like first-team players coming back in, the likes of Virgil and Ebu, getting minutes under them. Um, A lot of the changes, I think, were predictable. I suppose the most interesting one was the inclusion of of Stefan Bacetic as the the auxiliary right-back slash midfielder. Was that the one that probably caught your eye the most when the team was announced?
11: Yeah, I mean, I did. I wasn't expecting him to play in the side as a fullback. That's you know, that that's about it, really. Yeah, yeah. I expected him to play and get some minutes. He's been on the bench for a few games, hasn't he? Without getting on at all. Uh, I mean, the, all all of the um, players. You, you could have picked that team yourself, couldn't you? Because they all needed time on the pitch for various reasons. Um, So it was pretty obvious that team was going to be the the eleven. I I suppose even um, Diaz and Nunez, it was their turn, basically, to play, wasn't it? And so you could pick that team yourself. Um, What was surprising for me was the commentators didn't cut them any slack whatsoever. And I I don't mind, like, the professional commentator. He just tells you what he sees. But McManaman, he, he, as a professional, footballer surely he should have been explaining to people how difficult it is to not play for six months and get on the pitch and try and play on a pitch like that when people are kicking you, you know. And Gravenberch, I mean, he, he hardly played for Bayern and he's suddenly playing his first game for us. Um, you know, you go around all of them and you think, well, you know, cut the guy a bit of slack. He's he's not played for this, you know. It, Harvey Elliott, he, he'd got a, a fair number of minutes under his belt, but only a sub. You know, Doke. You know, coming in. You know, is, this, is he seventeen now? You know, I mean, every single one of them. You could say, give the guy a break. You know, and and yet you know, all we got from the commentators was how terrible they were, I suppose. and how they were getting pulled off by you know the subs were on the touchline waiting like vultures to come on. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was annoying really, um, and we got exactly what you would expect if you put eleven players on, most of whom hadn't kicked a football for months. You know, uh, or weeks in, you know, in some cases. And um, it's always difficult to watch Liverpool when they're not flowing because you obviously want them to win, but, you know, give them a bit of time.
2: I suppose, as well, Don, With go back to the Bacchettich thing. Gomez has played a lot because of, there's been injuries. Canate's been injured, Van dijk has been suspended. So Gomez has played a fair bit. He's done a bit of centre back, he's done a bit of right back. They might have just been protecting him ahead of the weekend. Like, there's no guarantee Trent's back and he's in light yeah. training, but he hasn't fully trained yet so you are looking around the squad a bit going well who can do a job over there and in, it was funny because in the summer I said I do wonder if Bacetic might be an option because he's used to going into midfield and he's used to having the ball because again I don't, I'm not going to judge him on, on yesterday's but he hasn't played and kicked the ball since March or something but he did look more comfortable doing the the midfieldy bits than the right backy bits but again it might just be a case of well Connor Bradley's injured, Trent's injured, we don't we wanna look after Joe Gomez, who's our fourth right back, going Stefan, you've you've drawn the short straw almost.
5: Yeah, it feels like that. And you know, I think like you said, if if Connor Bradley's fit, I think he starts that game. Yeah. And I think, you know, as John just said there, the, the criticism I could uh, by Chetich getting I'm thinking, just leave the lad alone. You know, we all know we weren't going to be a ten out of ten in that position. That was obvious. He's just playing out for six months and he's playing in an unfamiliar position. But like you said, he's probably the best person that could probably come in from the right-hand side into that, let's say, Trent role, which I'm not a fan of playing when Trent isn't playing, if I'm being honest. Yeah, yeah. But it kind of feels like we're doing that just in case things do happen to Trent. So
11: He did look, at times, like the really good number six he was last season. Yeah, yeah. Some of the things he did, you think, oh, yeah, I remember him doing yeah. that. You know, He is very, very good at some of those things.
2: I suppose as well... Let's you, John's just kind of touched my Don't I'll come to you on it like it, I wasn't shocked when Liverpool were fluent because obviously there's 11 changes there's lads who have already played there's some lads who are you know it's sitting certain linkups that have just never played together you know but doke Elias as a three has never been a thing ever no. you know on the other side you've got Simacast, Gravenberch, Diaz again never ever so you can understand like why it was a bit sloppy I suppose you're trying to play yourself into the game and Liverpool kind of were doing that it wasn't great but they got done by a bit of a sucker punch goal. Really, it, it, it was conceding the corner in the first place was poor, and then they fell asleep at the at the at the break. Really, there's a guy on the edge of the box, Gravenberch is kind of half blocked. It,
11: it again, it just looked like it was a training ground. goal. It was a training ground it? It goal. Came off yeah. perfectly. Didn't
2: it? it's it's a it's a worldy strike. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's just one of those that they've obviously planned for. It just felt Liverpool again a little bit sleepy because you'd expect probably someone to be a, maybe a little bit more aware of that as well.
5: Yeah, it sort of sums where we're at, doesn't it? The start of the season, the first half we've been asleep. Second half probably doesn't happen. Let's be honest. Um, and you know they've probably looked at our weaknesses and they've exploited it where they can because they know they wouldn't have played football around us. It's as simple as that. Um, they wouldn't have had enough enough of the ball. At times they had too much of the ball for my liking. But yeah, sort of sums where we're up. And I think we need to get rid of these daft little. I think leading to the corner was a bit of a lazy one from Kanate as well. So. Yeah, it's it's a bit. It's one of them, isn't it? Hopefully, we get into it and things like this don't happen. I mean,
11: that for me was the problem. It was in the corner in the yeah. first place. I think the corner was just a very well worked manoeuvre. You know, I mean, they block they blocked us off. It and then, blocked two of them you know, off Didn't they And then the the strike was. Ju- He'll never do that again in no. his whole life.
5: <laughs> 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 <No>. <laughs> I
2: was looking because it um, was funny because I've seen Ian Doyle on the this morning. He put out a like, very much either. Like the front of the papers in Lask is the fella doing his celebration. He got be free one, but here's this fella mid air because it was it was the stuff of dreams and it was. It was a worldy Kelleher and do nothing about it. Yeah. You're right, though. I agree. It was the the conceding of the corner is worse because mm-hmm. that can happen. It's a, it's a really good move. You probably ex- I'd probably want Gravenberg to do a little bit better going forwards. But again, it's his first game. He's blocked off. It, it's one of them. Um, what I would say John is that usually when we concede in first halves quite often we, it gives us a bit of a kick up the backside didn't really feel like that we have the the big chance is Darwin's chance which is a good save by the goalkeeper again it comes from a set piece yeah. but it wasn't like cause I could tell after like five minutes that last with all due respect to rubbish yeah. like they had nothing really they, they, had, they, they had a they, bit of endeavour they, they were
11: kicking us weren't they, yeah, they right yeah, from the start yeah. they got stuck in
2: Gravenberg got taken out after ten yeah, seconds that's, enough, that's probably a yellow yeah, card yeah. In any, at any other time enough. Yeah
11: yeah. He got go, but you right like it did feel like but I mean that goes back to the fact that we that we had nine players on the pitch who hadn't played for so you know for so long it it doesn't matter what happens you still got to go through the process of getting the minutes in your legs and getting used to the players around you a Grumbish probably didn't even know after names. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what well, say on that one
2: it, it Darwin, <coughs> he probably should it's a good save he should score Darwin in theory like again it, it, yeah. it I think there's not much you can do. I, I say that he like should score, but like all you, all you can do really is knock that on target. You're expecting it to be a goal, but like over the night, it wasn't. Like their goalie was was making save after save, or defenders. It was last. It was all like I felt Liverpool's decision making in the first half was terrible on the yeah. counter attack in particular. Wrong passes, holding it too long. Whether it was. McCassell one on the halfway Simicaston down. was the best. Yeah, he he just, actually did,
11: went backwards.
2: Yeah, he just, he just decided not to play <laughs> it. We have Gravenberch <clears throat> when he plays the wrong ball, I think once you have the the ball that goes left to Diaz when it should go right to Darwin. Yeah, it just yeah. it felt like just we got into the right positions and just didn't do the right thing with the ball.
5: Yeah, I feel like with that one that chance, if he heads that into the ground, no one's getting that. That's just one of them. Like his decision making, as much as it's a bit of a reaction header, I think his decision making needs to be better at times like that because you know a lethal striker puts that in the back of the net it's as simple as that there's no, there's no real excuse for it great save don't get me wrong had to be there but again I thought the chance from Elliot's cross he should have done better with as well with his head yep. when he added it over I think that was as clear as it comes to get it on target at least but yeah it was one of them typical Liverpool first half performances of this season and we need to get these out the system now I'd happily get them out now
2: Absolutely I suppose and, we, and we'll see maybe What the team is against Leicester And then further down the line In this competition These lads all Might be better for the run And it might be that If this becomes like A bit of a Europa League team I wouldn't expect Virgil van Dijk To be in that for much longer Because no, no. you, you'd no, expect no. Matip and Quans. It's probably be the back
11: two. Yeah.
2: But it, going forwards That that could be a very similar Level that we see against so Leicester. Leicester next week and, yeah, yeah Leicester next week And then looking, looking ahead I mean Diaz's due of one He probably might not be in It might be Jota But there are going to be times. I imagine Endo, Gravenberch, Elliott might be the three against Leicester, and then the three going forward against Union. Yeah. So there might be a
11: bit more cohesiveness. But it's every week now, isn't it? So the, those lads are going to get minutes every week, you know, and they should get better and better. Yeah, absolutely. Gravenberch is the is the, the is the odd one because I don't think he's been bought to be in the second string. No, you know, but he'll obviously take time to fit him into the into the first team. So that's going to be interesting to see how much time he gets against Leicester and against Union thanks
2: to Dom and thanks to John and thanks to all you guys for listening like I say if you want those shows plus a load loads loads more we've got the more reaction from both games whether it's the instant match reaction and the player rating show we've got an expert insight where Dan Club spoke to Zach Osterman an Atlanta based journalist all about Liberty Media and their reported interest in investing in Liverpool Football Club and again like I say tons 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 more it's all available for you over on redmenplus.com but thank you very much for listening to this episode of Redmen Weekly we'll be back with